Well, we launch into a, a new uh, series this morning, and uh, the series is uh, Five Things God Can't Do. What we're going to do is uh, take some time to uh, discover uh, the nature, uh, not all of it, the volume's written about all of it, but some of the nature of God. By discovering the nature of God, we'll discover not only what God can't do, but what God can do. Because uh, right away, as soon as I say the title, all of you folks who have been in Sunday school along the way, right away it pops into your head and you say, wait, hold it, wait a minute. I thought God was all-powerful, right? Come on, you can nod your head and let me know that you're agreeing with me there. Thank you very much. Sure. You say, what happened? I thought God was all-powerful. In fact, we have this wonderful theological world called omnipotent, omnipotent, that God is indeed all-powerful, that God can do uh, all things. And, uh, yeah, that's still true. Your Sunday school teacher was, uh, was right on that, that uh, God is indeed omnipotent. We can go into uh, the Gospel of Luke, and we can hear it from an angel's mouth when the angel was talking to Mary and say, nothing is impossible for God. Or we can jump ahead in Luke a few chapters, chapter 18, and we can hear Jesus say the same thing. There, Jesus replied, there are some things that people cannot do, but what? There you go. You got it. All right. God can do absolutely anything. So God is omnipotent. God is all-powerful. God holds the universe together. God holds the smallest of Adam to the largest of mountain in his hand. God is incredible. God is awesome. God can do absolutely anything that God wants to do. And with the mere movement of his voice, God could create everything that is. God is awesome. And God is indeed all-powerful and knows absolutely no limits. You can even hear it from his own mouth if you go to Genesis 18. He says, I am the Lord. There is nothing too difficult for me. Okay, so if God is all-powerful, how come? We can gather this morning and launch into this series and say, well, what about the five things God can't do. Here's the deal. God has to be consistent with who God is. God has to be consistent with His very nature. God has to be God. And because God has to be God, there are some things that God can't do. God limits Himself. Let me give you an example. If we go into Exodus 3 and we get into the dialogue between God and Moses, it says, uh, Moses is saying, but what should I say if they ask me your name? God says to Moses, I am the eternal God. So tell them that the Lord, whose name is I am, has sent you. This is my name, how long? Forever. Okay, you just learned something about God, didn't you? God just taught you something about his very nature. God is, by His nature, eternal. God is forever. Therefore, God cannot end. There will never be a time that God will never be. There will always be God. God is God. It's part of His nature. 
And so God cannot cease to be. It's inconsistent. So there are limits that God places on himself by virtue of God's own nature. By the way, ladies, I keep referring to God as him, not to offend you, but it's easy that way, so bear with me if you will. We know God is both male and female, but uh, for ease of language, if you don't mind this morning, I'll just keep doing that. Uh, But for God, it is God's nature. God just simply is. Let me give you another example. If you go to Leviticus 19, it says, I am the Lord your God, I am holy. What did you just learn about God? Well, God is holy, right? It is His nature. Therefore, God cannot be unholy. It would be contrary to the very nature of who God is. See how it works? See, God places limits on Himself by virtue of being who God is. And that's what we're going to discover. In these weeks, we're going to discover the five things God can't do by virtue of the nature of who God is. And so today, we get the number one. You ready? Number one, God can't lie. God can't lie. Now, you moms out there, I know that when your wonderful children were born into the world and they started growing up, you looked at them and you said, Oh, man, they are precious. They are absolutely perfect. And somewhere along the way, you probably said, Oh, they are so wonderful. Certainly they could never lie to me. You soon soon learned that was not the case, right? You bet. But with God, God can't lie. It's part of His nature. He just simply can't do it. Let's go into the Scripture. If you go to Numbers 23, it says, God is no mere human He doesn't tell lies or change his mind. God always keeps his promises. See, God doesn't say one thing and then do another. God doesn't just uh, say this and then decide something else. God says and God completes what he says. God, by his very nature, has to be truth. And so by his nature... God simply can't lie. Now, that doesn't mean there aren't lies out there in the world. Indeed, we know that there is a power loose in the world that depends on lies. We know that the enemy is working real hard out there, and the enemy is always at us in trying to teach us lies. And the Bible calls him out. The Bible says it the way it is. It says, Your father is the devil, and you do exactly what he wants He has always been a murderer and a, see it, and a liar. There is nothing truthful about him. He speaks on his own, and everything he says is a lie. Not only is he a liar himself, but he is also the father of how many? All lies. Where do lies come from? They don't come from God, because God can't lie. Lies come from the power of darkness, from the enemy. You see, it's against God's nature. God, by His nature, is truth. And so He has to be truth. He cannot lie. If we turn to to, uh, Hebrews, listen for a minute how the author of Hebrews tries to explain it to us, what this means for us. He says, No one is greater than God. We established that, right? 
God can do whatever he wants to do. No one is greater than God. So he made a promise in his own name when he said to Abraham, I, the Lord, will bless you with many descendants. Then after, after Abraham had been very patient, he was given what God had promised. When anyone wants to settle an argument, they make a vow by using the name of someone or something greater than themselves. So when God wanted to prove for certain that his promises to his people could not be broken, he made a vow. God cannot tell lies. And so his promises and vows are two things that can never be changed. We have run to God for safety. Now his promises should greatly encourage us to take hold of the hope that is right in front of us. This hope is like a firm and steady anchor for our souls. In fact, hope reaches behind the curtain and into the most holy place. Jesus has gone there ahead of us. He is our high priest forever, just like Melchizedek. What's, what's the writer telling us? You know, in the courtroom, when you go up there and you, you, uh, you know, are sworn in as a witness, at least they used to, and if they still do it, maybe they threw the Bible out of the courts these days, but you used to have to put your hand on the Bible, right? I, you know, tell the whole truth, nothing but the truth. And when we uh, inaugurate presidents, they put their hand on the Bible and, and take the oath. What's the whole deal with putting your hand on the Bible? Well, it's swearing to something greater than yourself, right? It's, it's making a vow on authority that is higher than yourself. What Hebrews is telling us, when, when God makes his promises to us, he takes a vow on his nature. He takes a vow because there's nothing greater than God. So what he does is he swears his promise to us, and he takes a vow on those promises by his own nature. He swears by his own nature. 17, so when God wanted to prove for certain that his promises to his people could not be broken, he made that vow. He made a vow. He says, look, I am God. It is who I am. And when I make promises to you, they are true. I cannot break my promises. I swear by myself. I swear by my very nature, right? And because that's true, verse 18, God cannot tell lies. And so his promises and vows are two things that can never be changed. God cannot lie. Why is that important to us? Wow. It is incredible for us. It means that we can hold tight every single day to God's promises. There is one sure thing in this world. It's better than being what FDIC insured. And we're understanding what that means these days, right? We know God's promises are true. God can't lie. And so as we run through our day, as we go through our experiences, we can count on those promises. You see, no matter what happens in your tomorrow, no matter what you face in the challenges of tomorrow, God's promises are still going to be true. God's promises are still going to be there for your life. That's what the Scripture says. We have run to God for safety. We can run to those promises. See, we can count on that. It's a vow by God's own nature. He can't lie. They are absolutely true. We can cling on to those promises, even though the rest of our life can be falling apart, even though the world can be thrown 
all kinds of challenges and obstacles in our way, even though the enemy can try to get us to believe all kinds of lies, even though everything can be falling apart, we know the sure anchor for our lives is God's promise. It cannot change. It has to be true. It says, Now His promise should greatly encourage us to take hold of the hope that is right in front of us. See, as you go through your tomorrow and you face those challenges that the world's going to have out there for you, and we all know that that's the way it is, right? We all know the world's going to have its struggles and it's going to have its challenges for us. There's something for you to hold on to. There's an anchor that takes you into a level of living in hope. And that's just simply trusting God's promises. And God shows us that we can hold on to that because He personifies His promise. That's what Paul says to the Corinthians. Uh, Paul says it this way. God can be trusted, and so can I, when I say that our answer to you has always been yes and never no. This is because Jesus Christ, the Son of God, is always yes and never no. And He is the one that Silas, Timothy, and I told you about. Christ says yes to all God's promises. Did you hear that? Christ says yes to all God's promises. That's why we have Christ to say amen for us to be the glory of God. And so God makes it possible for you and us to stand firmly together with Christ. Jesus Christ is God's yes to all of His promises. We can stand firm in our lives. We can get a hold in our lives. We've got an anchor in our lives because Jesus Christ is the affirmation, the yes to all of the promises that God makes over us. What are some of the promises? Some things you can hold on to tomorrow. Number one, God promises to offer you forgiveness. It's a promise He made. See, no matter what you walked in with this morning, no matter what burden you're carrying, no matter what challenge you have, no matter what disappointment you have, no matter what shame you carry, no matter what's gone on in everything in your life up until this absolute very moment, it doesn't matter. Because God promises that if you put it before Him in Jesus Christ, He will forgive. He will forgive. It's a promise. Even in Jesus' name, God locates that promise. If you go to Matthew 1, God tells Joseph and Mary what to name Jesus. It says, Then after her baby is born, name him Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. So the Lord's promise came true. God promises that when we come before Him and we just lay our lives before Him and all of our failures and all of our disappointments and all the, the things that we could carry on, He just promises to take that off our shoulders and put it on the cross. Christ Jesus is the yes, not the no. He's the yes that says, you don't need to carry that anymore. He's the yes that says, look, it's over. Your life is different now. God promises, and God can't lie. 
If God can't lie, you need to run to that anchor today. You need to take hold of that anchor and say, I'm going to let go of all that stuff in my past. And I'm going to just live for a new future. I'm going to let go. I'm not going to carry anymore. I'm just going to live a new life because I'm going to grab hold of the promise. God promises that he will forgive. Zig Ziglar, some of you may know Zig Ziglar, a great uh, motivational speaker, good, strong uh, Christian guy, uh, invited a friend to uh, go to church with him. And the man said, well, you know, Zig, I'd like to go to church with you, but, you know, the church is just so full of hypocrites. And Zig replied in his, you know, Zig kind of way, said, well, that's okay. There's always room for one more. (laughs) Isn't that great? Always room for one more. There is room in God's grace for anything and everything you want to give Him. It's His promise to you. His promise is you can know new life in Jesus Christ. Next, He promises. He promises to be your strength. He promises that there is nothing out there in the world that you are going to face that He isn't greater than. He promises. If you go into Isaiah 41, He says, Don't be afraid. (laughs) Don't be afraid. I'm with you. Don't tremble with fear. I'm your God. I will make you strong as I protect you with my arm and give you victories. That's a promise. And God can't lie. If that's a promise and God can't lie, it's got to come true. It means that when you go through your experiences of tomorrow and things start mounting up and and you start getting discouraged or you wonder what the heck's going on, you can turn to God and God says, Look, I will be your strength. I will give you whatever you need to endure. The psalmist over and over again talked about his enemies surrounding him and, and camping against him. And yet he always came to that place that understood God is greater. God is greater. When you're going through your day tomorrow and you bump into those disappointments and you bump into those challenges and you bump into things that just didn't go the way you thought they were going to go, just remember God's promise. Run to the anchor. And God's promise is that His strength is there for you. You can take hold of it. You can just claim His promise. And you can find the strength you need to overcome the day. God promises that He will give you purpose. God promises to give you purpose and direction in your life. Look at John 8. Once again, Jesus spoke to the people. This time He said, I am the light for the world. Follow Me and you won't be walking in the dark. You will have the light that gives life. It's a promise. God can't lie. It's a promise. So if you're bewildered and you're wondering what direction you ought to be going in life and where things ought to be heading and how you ought... God is ready to give you guidance. God is ready to direct your life. He's given you a whole Bible. He's given you His Son, Jesus Christ. He's given you all of His teaching. He's giving you everything you need to get that direction in your life to not just exist, but to live an incredible life. A life grounded in those promises. God promises. God can't lie. 
He promises that He will give you a future, that He will give you a path to walk. There was a young uh, young pastor who used to go and visit, uh, you know, elderly folks in their homes, and he'd go and he'd read the gospel with them, you know, and so he got in a pattern of visiting these few women, one in particular, and they decided they'd read the gospel of Matthew together, so he'd go visit, and they'd read a little gospel, he'd go visit, and he'd read a little gospel, and he'd go visit and uh, read a little gospel, and uh, so he got to the end of the gospel of Matthew, and he read, Lo, I am with you always even to the end of the age. You know, Jesus says that in Matthew 28. The pastor finished reading that and he turned to the woman and he said, well, isn't that a wonderful promise? Isn't that a wonderful promise? Right away, the woman responded to him, young man, that's not a promise, it's a fact. See, it's not just a promise that God can give you direction to live an incredible life. It's a fact. And he proved it. He proved it in his own son, Jesus Christ. Is there anybody in this room who doesn't look at Jesus and say, now that was an incredible life? That's his promise. And God can't lie. And he can give direction and purpose to your life to make it more than you ever expected. We can run to the anchor. We can get into that hope because we can grab on to those promises. God can't lie. If God can't lie, it also means we can trust God's motives. If He can't lie, we can trust God's motives. Psalm 118 says, Tell the Lord how thankful you are because He is kind and how often? Always. Do you see that? Always merciful. God is always kind. God is always merciful. God is always working and looking for your benefit in His kingdom. If you need it more clearly, you can go to Romans, uh, Romans 8, where Paul says, We know. We don't just think about it. We don't just wonder about it. We don't just guess about it. We know that God is always at work for the good of everyone who loves them, loves Him. They're the ones God has chosen for his purpose. See, we know. We know that we can trust God's motives because God doesn't lie. His promises are always true. And God is already working for our good according to his kingdom. When we bring our lives in line with the purposes of God, when we get our lives on track with where God wants life to go for us, then God is always going to be working in front of us, always out in front of us, creating the opportunities for our tomorrows. When you go to sleep tonight, if your life is working in God's purposes and you're living on those promises, you can wake up tomorrow morning and know that God has already worked in your tomorrow. God is always working for the good of His people, for the advancement of His kingdom. We can just trust His motives. Does that mean everything's going to be great for us? Does that mean everything's going to be smooth for us? No. Remember where we started today. We recognize there is an enemy out there in the world and that enemy is the father of all lies and working just as hard to get a hold of your life. That's why we run to the anchor. The anchor of hope that says God's promises are greater and God simply can't 
lie. In 1 Timothy, uh, Paul tells Timothy, God wants everyone to be saved and to know the whole truth, which is there is only one God, and Christ Jesus is the only one who can bring us to God. See, we can trust God's motives because God wants everybody. Every face you see tomorrow, every voice you hear tomorrow, every person you touch tomorrow, God wants to work in that person's life. God wants them to understand the promises that he's made over their life, just as he wants you to understand today the promises that he's made over your life. And when you receive those promises, when you trust those promises, we can just rest in God's truth. We can just rest in God's truth. Look at John uh, 14, and I love the exclamation points that Scripture has into, in it. Look at John 14. Jesus said to his disciples, those who trust in his promises, hopefully the people in this room, he says, don't be worried. See the exclamation point? Don't be worried. See, we know there's lots of stuff going on in our world. We're listening to the news. Everything seems to be upset and changing, and we don't know who we can trust and who we can't trust and what's going to happen tomorrow. And Don't be worried. Don't be worried. I am the way, the truth, and the life, Jesus says. This we know. This we can count on. God can't lie. Jesus can't lie. And so we know that we can just step back while the rest of the world is in turmoil and we can have an incredible peace because we just rest in His truth. We know God can't lie. And if God can't lie, all of His promises are true over our lives. And His motives are always good for our good in His kingdom. And we can just take a breath and we can rest and we can just know He's the truth, He's the way, and He is our life. Let's pray.